It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Today's the day. Welcome to Locked On Vikings. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. You can find this show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. And it is draft day. Hopefully, you are listening to this on the morning of the day that players are actually going to get drafted after all this time talking about it and going over prospects and digging in so deep. It's actually time to see the results of all of that work. You can find this show on any podcast app you like, like Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also find it on this new podcast app called Himalaya. Or if you don't like any of those, you can always ask your smart device to play podcasts locked on Vikings. It'll take you right to the most recent episode. So how are we going to do today? This is the Draft Preview Podcast. I want this to be the show that if you have listened to no other podcasts or no other content, if you have consumed no draft stuff, you can listen to this one and at least have some idea of what's going on. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about just the general overview of everything. A lot of that information is going to be redundant if you've been listening to this show all draft season, so I apologize for that. Uh, Then we are going to go over the final prospect of the day, last one, and then some predictions to round things out, and hopefully you can get through this whole show before the draft actually starts. So I want to start with just some general overview stuff. So if you are a more casual fan that has not been following the whole Vikings offseason and where they they land and stuff, uh, here is basically where they sit. You probably know that the Vikings need offensive linemen, and it is very, very likely that they draft one. They've used, I think, like 18 of their 30 visits on offensive linemen, mostly on offensive tackles. It seems right now that their preferred method is to draft a very good offensive tackle that can be the tackle of the future, uh, kick Riley Reef into left guard, or, you know, kick Brian O'Neill and Riley Reef around somehow like shuffle people so it fills the guard position while you're not spending a premium pick on an interior lineman but rather a tackle who are you know those guys are like a lot more valuable that seems to be the Vikings plan but obviously you know it depends on how the board falls if Jonah Williams and Andre Dillard and and like the major uh offensive tackles aren't there and they decide to go with like Garrett Bradbury or Chris Lindstrom instead then you know so be it they don't have to move everybody it plugs the hole a lot cleaner in the short term and then you just you know you used a first round pick on a guard which is something that I think teams are pretty hesitant to do because they they still kind of think that you can find guards pretty easily there's always trades up and trades down. Uh, go listen to the trade chart episode if you want a little bit more of my thoughts surrounding that. Uh, and there are a lot more needs than offensive line. I did do an episode where I talked about like every need for the Vikings, but they have like a few different needs. They've got like their easy offensive line need, but they also need some backups. They need a backup safety. They actually don't have enough safeties right now to round out the whole roster. They probably need to draft one so they can have some reasonable relief uh, for like Anthony Harris or Harrison Smith if one of those guys goes down. That doesn't need to be a first rounder, but at some point over the course of the weekend, they should probably grab somebody that they feel confident can, you know, come in and, and play a game or two if somebody tweaks an ankle. They have similar needs at, at tackle if they want to have somebody compete with like Rashad Hill for that swing tackle job or at interior offensive line. You know, they're hurting for depth just as much as they're hurting for starters. Uh, they also have depth needs at wide receiver. 
after Diggs and Thielen, they don't really have anybody reliable to get on the field. I think they were pretty hurt last year by Laquan Treadwell being on the field as much as he was, and there not really being anybody on the roster other than like Aldrich Robinson, who isn't returning for 2019, and then like Chad Beebe and Brandon Zilstra, those guys could probably use some competition too for their roster spots. So they definitely could stand to acquire a wideout or two. Now they also have future needs, depending on what their plans are for the 2020 and 2021 seasons. Uh, you know, they could get rid of, they could let Kyle Rudolph walk. He's playing in the last year of his contract, and if they don't extend him, they'll need a successor. Uh, they could also cut somebody or trade somebody like Trey Waynes or uh, Everson Griffin to relieve some cap space. There are a bunch of different ways that that could possibly go, Riley Reef as well. So you have a kind of future need thing where you don't need a starter right now, but you're going to need a starter in a year or two, and you probably don't want that guy to be a, like a raw green rookie. Uh, those are the kinds of things that they could try to target in the second or third round. You know, pick a tight end in the second round, and then you can safely let Kyle Rudolph walk, go get his money on the market that the Vikings probably wouldn't have been able to pay him. Everybody is happy, and the Vikings have, uh, you know, their second rounder coming into his sophomore season, gaining some momentum and ready to step in and fill the role. So, you know, we talked a lot about offensive linemen over the course of this draft season, and if you missed all of that, I do want to just go over the crew real fast. So you have... Uh, a lot of, I'm not calling them blue chippers, but I call them like day one starter guys. I have seven guys that could come in and I think start on the Minnesota Vikings immediately and give you a performance that you can be satisfied with. Those guys are Jaywan Taylor, Jonah Williams, Garrett Bradbury, Chris Lindstrom, Andre Dillard, Dalton Risner, and Cody Ford. If you hear any of those seven names picked at 18 for the Vikings or wherever the Vikings end up picking if they trade, be happy. Those guys are starting quality offensive linemen. They went and addressed the need. They did the thing that everybody's been clamoring for them to do. Now, there are a couple of guys on that list that don't fit that well. Cody Ford uh, does not have the agility that the Vikings typically look for in interior offensive linemen, and him at tackle gives a lot of scouts pause. They think he, you know, he played tackle at Oklahoma, but he needs to to move inside. Uh, Jaywan Taylor has some medical red flags. I'm just now seeing like some whispers about on Twitter that may cause him to fall further than the first round or further than where the Vikings pick and maybe will scare them away. He also isn't as much of a scheme fit uh, and he also kind of has to play right tackle according to some scouts, which would mean that the Vikings would have to like move Brian O'Neill to left tackle and that's kind of scary and then move Riley Reef inside to guard where he hasn't played in like 10 years and that's also kind of scary. So those guys, you know, don't fit as well. Chris Lindstrom is very good, but he doesn't have as high of a ceiling. He's ready to plug and play and start right now, but he doesn't become a superstar later like somebody like Andre Dillard would. He does become a superstar later, but maybe is a little raw in the short term. Jonah Williams, I think, combines both of those very well, and he's also definitely not going to be there by the time the Vikings pick. And Garrett Bradbury is a, a very good zone center, but a zone center is not something that teams tend to place a lot of value on, so sometimes people have him rated a little bit lower than where the Vikings pick. He'd be a perfect scheme fit. Uh, he's going to be the prospect of the day. I'll just spoil it right now, so I'll talk more about him later. And Dalton Risner is also somebody that is a, a tackle that would probably have to move inside to guard, and that kind of gives some people pause. Uh, and they also have some questions about his scheme fit with the Vikings. I tend to disagree with that. I think he'd be a great pick. So that was the very quick and dirty uh, review of like the starting offensive linemen and then there's some more like day two and day three guys that that we could talk about if the Vikings do end up going a different direction uh, today on Thursday you know as as things fall tonight uh, but for now that's going to be all we talk about since I really just want to make sure you're ready for the first round uh, so I am going to step away for a quick ad break and when I come back uh, we will talk about Garrett Bradbury the last prospect of the day and then I'm going to get on to some draft predictions see you all in a minute 
Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. All right, let's talk Garrett Bradbury. So this is an NC State center. Uh, he's He's... Basically, everybody agrees that he's like should be a center, uh, but the Vikings might need to move him to guard because they have a center. They have Pat Elfline, who started for the last two years, still on a rookie contract. If you don't draft somebody that necessitates that he moves, you know you kind of don't really want to. Uh, and he did play left guard for a lot of his time at Ohio State. Elfline did, but. He's been a center now for three years, and moving him back after three years, that's going to be somewhat of a transition, and it scares a lot of people. It doesn't scare me as much as moving Riley Reef, who hasn't played left guard in 10 years, and he only played it for, like, two games in college, versus, you know, Pat Elfline, who was a guard for a lot of his collegiate career, you know, and their habits that you can kind of pick up again. So I, I'd be a little bit more comfortable moving Elfline if we drafted Bradbury than, say, moving Reef because we drafted... Uh, Andre Dillard or whatever and and the differences between the two players notwithstanding but more on Garrett Bradbury himself so he is like if you went into a lab and wanted to make of the perfect center for his own scheme uh, it would be Garrett Bradbury he has a like unbelievable flexibility and lateral agility and he can move to wherever you need him to move and if you remember from the zone scheme that the Vikings run and the zone scheme that they committed even harder to uh, considering like the way that they've acquired players over the last few years and the hiring of like Gary Kubiak and his crew they're going to be like dedicated zone team and that's good for Dalvin Cook who's like tailor-made for a zone scheme so is Garrett Bradbury he is like again he has that flexibility and mobility and stuff and he can, you know, attack certain points. He can climb to the second level. If you remember, we talked a lot about the the lack of that ability when we talked about, like, Brett Jones and when we were, like, flirting with Tyler Shipp Shatley for a little while and even, like, Cornelius Edison. That's things that, like, will prevent them from ever being starting quality players is that they can't climb to the second level. When it's a run play and your job is to get all the way to the linebacker and block him, that means you have to sift through where the defensive line is. Garrett Bradbury is, like, elite at that, and nobody else on the team would be. So what gives, right? What? Why are people not putting him in, you know, the top 10 with like Jonah Williams and, and even like Dillard is getting buzzed there now. Uh, and it's because A, he seems like almost scheme dependent and that kind of ties into B, he has a little bit of a functional strength issue and he has some trouble anchoring sometimes, you know, if like a big giant nose tackle wins the leverage battle against him, he'll get blown back and it's kind of ugly. Uh, that is something that the scouts that looked at him don't seem as worried about as like, you know, when we saw like what would happen when like Aaron Donald went up against Tom Compton and it was just like a bloodbath. It doesn't seem like that's the risk. 
uh, just seems like, yeah, he has a little bit of a strength issue, and depending on the scheme that you have, you could care a lot more about that, like some teams versus others. The Vikings are going to care about that less than other teams. Because of the zone scheme and the way that it's designed, it's, it's designed to make up for strength deficiencies, so, like, it'd be fine. Uh, so, like, in terms of fit and Bradbury being, like, a very good player and an unbelievable fit, if he is the pick at 18, I have absolutely no complaints. I love it. Put him on the line. In OTAs, we'll figure out if he or Elfline should move to guard. I think either way, either one should work out just fine. I, I guess I would just look at, like, who can call the protections and identify the right people. Uh, and, and like identify all the all the protection calls because that's something that Pat Elfline has struggled with over the last two years. And if if he can't outdo the rookie at that, then move him to guard. And if he can still outdo the rookie, then move the rookie to guard. You can figure that out in OTAs in about two seconds, and then you're ready to go for training camp. I would be ecstatic. Uh, so a little bit more background on Garrett Bradbury. He came into NC State actually as a tight end recruit, and then they moved him to an interior offensive lineman, had him put on a bunch of weight. That is something that has not bothered the Vikings in the past, uh, in the very recent past when they drafted Brian O'Neill, who was a tight end in the past and now plays tackle. Uh, that's something that, you know, again, like these light-footed, more agile, but maybe strength-deficient linemen are something that the Vikings are, are okay. Like, that's the way that they're trying to fix the, the line problem that they've had for so many years is because they can't find Maulers. You don't get Quentin Nelsons every year. There's no Quentin Nelson in this draft. There's not really that many very good, like, wow, what a power lineman guy. Like, I guess it's Cody Ford, who, again, not a great scheme fit because he doesn't have the agility, uh, but you don't have those guys. So you have to go say, all right, I'll, I'll find somebody a little smaller, but he has all of the technique. We've talked a lot on this show about the right kind of raw and the wrong kind of raw. You know, the right kind of raw being a guy who has all of the muscle memory and has all of the kind of like general like innate motions that you need to be able to accomplish as a football player to do the position you're going to be asked to do versus the wrong kind of raw where you don't have that you know the the right kind of raw they might not have you know they might have like an issue with their hands or oh they've got a weird step in their in their kick step and maybe they're like rough as a tackle because of that that's Andre Dillard or you know it was also uh, Brian O'Neill a little bit last year uh, and that's the kind of thing that you can teach. You can go and say, all right, you're doing this step wrong. Let's fix it and let's you know figure it out. And you can teach that over the course of training camp and that person can kind of develop out of the problem. But you can't develop out of the problem of like you have this really horrible habit and you don't have very good balance, you know, or like you can't teach like quarterbacks to throw with touch. That's the wrong kind of raw. Uh, and, and I think that Garrett Bradbury is neither. He is as far from raw as you can get. He has a lot of technical polish. He has good hand technique. He has good footwork. Everybody actually just raves about his footwork, both in the run and the pass protection game. And that is going to matter a lot, especially when you have a strength deficiency. You need to be able to set up your perfect leverage, get your hands where they're supposed to be, you know, get your... your stance and your base very wide and stout so that you're you're pushing in the right direction that uses all the power of your body has because you need every ounce of it when you have a strength deficiency and that's why Garrett Bradbury's strength deficiency does not worry me in the slightest I think he'll be absolutely fine but because the scheme is designed to make up for it and he has the technique to win in spite of it and he won at an unbelievable rate in college so, like, I, I just don't, and, like, at NC State, you're going up against some pretty intense, I mean, he went up against Clemson, he went up against, like, pretty intense defensive lines, and he was able to 
function even again in the face of, of that like NFL quality competition. So I have no problems with him as a day one starting interior offensive line. And because of that scheme, there are teams that are going to take him completely off of the board. You know, if you run a power scheme, you just can't draft this guy. And that gives him a better chance to fall to the Vikings. So if Williams and Dillard and all of the like dreamy tackles are off the board and Bradbury's the guy, I'm one happy podcast host. And real quick, before we get into the predictions, you can find this show on any podcast app you like, including the new Himalaya podcast app. It is a new app. It's really cool. It curates playlists for you of all the shows you like and topics you like to kind of help you make sense of all of the the crazy volume of podcasts there are out there. Uh, They have new features every day, and, you know, they, they can help you navigate your way through an ever-expanding podcast world. It's the Himalaya podcast app. Go to your app store, download it, subscribe to Locked on Vikings, see if you like it. And if not, eh, you can always just go back to the way you were listening to it or asking your smart device to play podcast Locked on Vikings. But hey, can't hurt to try, right? All right, let's talk predictions. So the draft is likely starting in a matter of hours as you are listening to this. So I wanted to just lay down a a few called shots. And this isn't like me trying to predict what's going to happen in the draft. We all know that's impossible. But I did want to just lay out some names that I like. Guys that I I like for the Vikings to like and guys that I, I just personally would draft if I were the GM of the Minnesota Vikings. So I'm going to do this round by round, skipping round five because the Vikings don't have a pick there. Uh, And I'm just going to say one guy that I like and one guy that I think the Vikings would like. So here we go. Uh, In round one, uh, I'll start with my own pick. I would love Andre Dillard. I've talked about him all the time. I, you know, Jonah has been my like true crush, Jonah Williams from Alabama. He's been my true, true crush, but I, I do want to live in the realm of reality. And, and I think that it's probably more likely that Jonah Williams goes in the top seven than him falling all the way to 18. He seems like everybody's top tackle on the board. And if the Giants don't get him, the Bengals will get him. And if the Bengals don't get him, he'll fall to someone else. It, there's just too many opportunities for somebody to take Jonah Williams ahead of the Vikings. And I think outside of you know, mock draft simulators like the Draft Network one that either have teams, you know, undervaluing offensive tackle relative to what teams are actually going to do on draft night, uh, all the way to like just some mock drafts where people I think just are too low on Jonah Williams. I just don't think it's realistic that he falls as often as we saw when we were doing all those mock draft simulations. So I am talking about Andre Dillard instead, who is like, you know, we just talked about the the right kind of raw. He is a little raw and he has some things to learn, but it's the kind of thing that A, isn't going to tank him throughout the entirety of his rookie and, and like sophomore season. It's not like he's going to be horrible starting out. He might have a rough patch here or there, but nothing detrimental. And it's the kind of thing that he can overcome and become probably, like, I I would put my money on him as the best offensive lineman that comes out of this draft three years from now. He's not going to be right away, but I think he's going to be the guy that you want to have when you're doing all the redrafts, you know, three, four years later. Uh, And in terms of the Vikings, somebody that I think they can get and somebody that I think they'll be crushing on is Garrett Bradbury. We just talked a lot about him. He's going to fall because he is scheme dependent. So certain teams just won't even like be able to consider him. And he'll be a plug and play starter that just immediately improves the weakest unit on the Vikings. Nothing to complain about. Uh, So moving on to the second round for me, I like Debo Samuel. I haven't talked a lot about him. Uh, He kind of lit up the senior bowl. And the drills in that, he really showed a lot of technique and polish, especially off of the release, 
which is something that is just such a far cry from what we have right now with Laquan Treadwell, who has really struggled. One of the things he struggled with the most and why he struggles to get separation so much is because he can't win off of the line of scrimmage, and Debo Samuel absolutely can. I think he just immediately fixes that problem and, and becomes like... Like, that is an opportunity for the Vikings to improve so much at that wide receiver three position in that specific skill that I really think Debo Samuel could make a huge difference. And in terms of something that somebody that the Vikings would be more interested in and is a little more realistic is Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. A lot of people actually have him as a third rounder. I think he will be gone in the second round, so I put him here. Uh, But I, I drafted him in one of the mock draft Mondays. I think he comes in and fulfills that like gadget player role that yards after the catch type role that Gary Kubiak is gonna want Kevin Stefanski they're both gonna want somebody like that so that they can give targets to that person and and feel good about it and then also be able to send Diggs and Thielen downfield so that they can win on higher leverage plays like they're so good at so moving on to the third round this is a pipe dream I do not think he's gonna be here in the third round but Jay Sternberger is somebody I've been crushing on for a long time I really think I mean he has like a little bit of a rawness with his route running that's a little bit of an issue but I I think he's an all-around player and he's such a good talent that by the time we actually need him to be good which is uh you know the 2020 season because Kyle Rudolph is gonna start over this guy and in the third round I'm okay with somebody you know not like fully redshirting but like getting limited usage for a year because there's just other people on the roster ahead of him um, and then, you know, once Kyle Rudolph would leave and you probably don't extend him in the world where you have Jay Sternberger, then he comes in and he's just ready to take over the mantle right away. And you can transition that like as smoothly as possible and have like a, a good pass catcher, a good red zone target all the way through, you know, Sternberger's rookie contract. And then on the Vikings side, somebody I think that they'll be very interested in and a move they pull very often is to, to draft you know, athletic or like maybe undervalued too raw type of, of edge rushers. And that's uh, Ben Benogu out of TCU. He's putty in the Vikings hands. He'd be the same thing as the Scott Crichton to Neil Hunter, Jalen Holmes. They do it all the time. Uh, and, and I think Ben Benogu would definitely fit what the Vikings typically like crush on. Uh, in the fourth round, I am going to do something a little controversial. I'm going to name Tyree Jackson. Uh, he is somebody that is, he's a puppy. I mean, he's really raw, especially mentally, but he has the accuracy and I think he's the right kind of raw. Like I, I like the way that he throws. I like the way that he improvises most of all. And I'm, I'm really somebody that's a sucker for improvisational quarterbacks. It's part of the reason that I I've been so hard on Kirk Cousins, because I think that a lot of the successful teams in the league have quarterbacks who can improvise better than him, who can, you know, not just break the pocket and run around, but guys who just throw to the first read less often. And that's Tyree Jackson and Kyler Murray in this class. Murray is going to be long gone, but Tyree Jackson is somebody that also would need to sit for a while. And the Vikings are in a situation to provide that for him. Uh, and, And you essentially have a leverage if you're extending Kirk Cousins or an option if you decide not to. And, you know, you'll have like a couple years to also find other quarterbacks, but having one waiting in the wings would be a good idea. And somebody that has like a lot of natural talent and moldable talent uh, and, and, you know, the time to work on him. And, you know, it's a fourth round pick. So if it flames out, you're not losing like a premium asset. Uh, But on the Vikings side, I think that they they have met with, I think, two times. Michael Jordan uh, out of Ohio State. He's a guard, uh, you know, played with with Elfline, I believe he is somebody that I'm not a huge fan of. I've spoken about him at length uh, in a, a previous podcast, 
but I, I also, I did guarantee uh, in a previous podcast that he would be a Viking, so I have to put him here. So skipping the fifth round because the Vikings don't pick there, although I do acknowledge that they probably will find a way to pick there if they want to, like they might trade down and they could definitely, we could end up having a fifth round pick uh, before the next time we talk, but uh, moving right on to the sixth round, I really like Wyatt Ray out of Boston College. Uh, Michael Kist turned me on to him on the Norse Code podcast with Arif Hassan and James Pogashnik. Uh, but after looking into him, like, I definitely agree. He is totally a project and in the sixth round, you're just getting a project, but he has so much ability and, and projects with ability are exactly what you want in the late rounds because you want somebody who can eventually come in and contribute, not somebody who tops out at like barely rosterable. Uh, so moving on to what the Vikings might have is, uh, Derek Beatty Jr. He's, uh, Part of the reason I'm putting him down in this column is because Mike Zimmer was seen working with him personally at Kentucky's Pro Day, which is like a huge tipping of the hand, uh, but also that they do need a sixth cornerback. They did lose Marcus Sherrills, and they have kind of an open roster spot that right now belongs to like Craig James or, or somebody like that, So or, or the AAF guy, uh, Duke Thomas, and I think Derek Beatty would provide like good competition there and like they do have it's a very very small need but it is still one they do not have a full-on roster of cornerbacks right now they don't need somebody who you know you would like rely on to play often but they do need another guy to come in and be a reserve and contribute on special teams so speaking of corners my seventh round crush is Jimmy Moreland he is just a dog there is uh he was the prospect of the day a a podcast ago you can or a few podcasts ago, you can find uh, more of my thoughts on him there. But he's like a ball hawk. He has a lot of good technique. He played at a tiny school and like had a journey that makes him like easy to overlook. Um, but I just love how he fights, and I think he's like a really Zimmerish kind of player, and and I mean that in the best way possible. Uh, and in terms of the Vikings for round seven, Cortez Broughton. Uh, I I drafted him in this Monday's mock draft Monday, but he is a three technique that is just totally another like raw ability player, uh, not unlike Wyatt Ray. And the Vikings have a tendency to kind of take those lottery tickets and take somebody who could totally flame out and just like never make the team and like be a total waste of a pick. But the upside is kind of worth risking that. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Vikings. That is going to do it for all of our draft prep on Locked on Vikings. But do not worry. Normally, this would be where we sign off for the week and I wouldn't see you till Monday. But we have kind of a big thing going on this weekend and I am going to talk to you all throughout. So you can expect another podcast in your inbox tomorrow morning where we talk about the first round, what happened, what the Vikings did or didn't do. We're going to evaluate it. We're going to evaluate their other options. We're going to talk all about it. Dive deep. We'll have a full-on podcast. So I will see you all tomorrow. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LukeBrownNFL. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. You can find the show on Himalaya or any podcast app you want. And if you don't like podcast apps, you can always just ask your smart device like Siri or Amazon Alexa to play podcast Locked on Vikings. I cannot wait to enjoy the draft live with you all online and then recap it with you all on here. This is exciting. I can't wait. I'm going to go barely sleep and then post this in the morning and hopefully uh, we have some good news to talk about next time we talk. And until then, as always, skull. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer, to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday.
I'm Ben Beacon with Locked on Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.